Good morning again. We're glad uh, to be here worshiping God today and uh, just taking time to think and reflect on Advent <coughs> and the coming of Jesus into the world. And Lord, uh, we just thank the Lord for His sending His Son to come into the world. And one of the things that uh, happens in our lives, in our walk with God, is we have some choices to make. Sometimes we make good ones and sometimes not so good ones. He chose poorly and sometimes we choose poorly as well. We make bad choices. We make some good ones and we make some bad ones. We've got some small ones to make. And sometimes we have, we have big choices to make in life. You know, even just thinking about your everyday walk with, uh, with God, we have choices to make. In our day-to-day life, we have choices to make. We choose, what we, when we uh, came here this morning, when we were getting ready, we chose what, kind of, what we were going to wear. For some of us, that's a, a fairly small choice. For others, that seems like a bigger one. I know it seems, in my house, it seems like a, maybe a, a little bit bigger one for Lydia than it does for myself, and maybe some of you can relate to that, um, that, that sometimes uh, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem to matter too much. And there's all kinds of choices that we make, and sometimes they're good ones, and sometimes there's bad ones. Sometimes when we go and we fill up our car with gas, and then we drive two blocks further on, we find that it's there, another station, two cents a liter cheaper. And it feels kind of frustrating, even though really the difference may have only been a, ended up being a dollar or so. Still, you feel kind of frustrated. But sometimes that can turn into a good choice because sometimes you fill up and then you, you get up the next morning and you find that the price has jumped by 10 cents a liter. And then you say, well, I made a good choice, even though you really didn't know. You just needed gas, so you filled up. But anyway, you feel, you feel good. You feel like you made a, a good choice. And sometimes... You get frustrated when you make uh, uh, a poor choice. Years ago, when Lydia and I were were younger and maybe uh, had more money than wisdom, we made an investment in a limited partnership. And those of you who know anything about investments are probably cringing at the thought of a limited partnership. But uh, as I said, we we didn't have a lot of wisdom and we had a little bit more money. And so we bought into a limited partnership and realized from the start that this was a bad move and was going to be a loser and looked into trying to get rid of, uh, out of our limited partnership and realized that was not going to happen because everybody else realized it was a bad move and nobody wanted to buy in. And so we hung on to it. We had to hang, hang on to it until it ended and it was a loser from start to finish. We made a bad choice. And that was uh, reflected probably more on on our wisdom at the time than anything else. But it didn't. It didn't really turn out all that badly. We lost some money and you just sort of, sort of move on. Uh, sometimes our choices uh, don't have or have greater consequences. Sometimes you make good choices and they turn out really, really well. And sometimes we make bad choices and they turn out very, very poorly. But in our passage today in John, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 to 7, John talks a little bit about the choices that we make and the consequences we face uh, as a result of those choices. So here in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-7, to 7, 
John writes and he says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So John is writing to, to friends, to people uh, presumably in a church that he knows and he refers to them as his dear children, his friends. So these are ones that he has a close relationship with. He knows the people that he's writing to and he reminds them that he has, first of all, he's got a message for them. He's got something that he needs to tell them. And he says, this is the message we have heard from him. And the question is, who is that him that he has heard it from? And when you look back in verse 3, you realize uh, that that he's talking about Jesus. John says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Where has he seen and heard these things? He's seen and heard them from Jesus Himself. And so John is saying, we've got a message for you. This message is coming from Jesus. And so it needs to, that in itself carries some weight, although we should listen to what John has to say as well. But here is a message that he has. And he says this message is not, he's not hiding it. He's not uh, keeping it to himself. He says this is a message that we have heard from him. And now we're, he says, I'm, I'm declaring to you. And so to to the readers of this letter that he's writing it to, and he had no idea we would be reading it a couple thousand years later to you here at, uh, at VCBC. But here we are. This is the message that he has, and he's passing it on. So this is not a message that was meant to be kept private. This was not a message that was a secret, but that was something that he saw the need to pass it on. Sometimes we don't do that very well. We're not, sometimes we're not very good at passing on a message that, uh, that we have been given. And especially here, this is one from God, we may struggle to pass it on. And we can do that for all kinds of reasons to, that we hesitate to pass it on. One of them, we say that knowledge is power. And so if I know something that you don't know, I have some kind of power over you. And I don't, uh, I don't want to tell you that because then it brings us more on equal footing. And the less you know and the more I know, the better position I'm in. And so I don't want to share the messages that we have. We encountered this a lot. Uh, I did, especially in leadership training in Africa where power was very important to many of the people, many of the leaders. And they didn't want to pass on the information because they were afraid that they would lose some power. But that's not the way it should be. He says, this is the message we have heard from Him and we declare to you. And so, it's important that we pass on this message. As uh, John passes it on to us, then we pass on that message. We help people to understand God in the same way that we understand God. We don't keep our understanding to ourselves, but we share it. And we let others know as well the things that we have learned. And the message that he has is very simple. It's very simple. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. So he's not giving a a complicated message. He's not giving a a message that's 
very detailed and, and uh, requires a great deal of study to understand. He says quite simply, God is light. Now this is an interesting message that, uh, uh, that he says that he is passing on because when you look carefully at the Gospels, at what Jesus said, that we don't find Jesus ever saying exactly that those three words, that God is light. We don't actually see that in the Gospels. Now, it's possible because we know uh, that, that the Gospels don't record everything that Jesus said and did. Even the, the Gospels even tell us that that, that, that. that this is not possible for us to record everything that Jesus said and did. So it's possible that it was something that Jesus said but wasn't uh, recorded for us in the Bible, that God is light. But what what he does say, what Jesus does say, and we see this in the Gospel of John, we do see that Jesus is the light. And that's made abundantly clear to us in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 1, and of course it's the same John writing, the Gospel of John is writing 1 John. But he says in, in John chapter 1 verse 5, for example, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In John chapter 1, verse 8, he says, He himself, John the Baptist, was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So he was testifying to the light that was coming. In uh, John chapter 1, verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. When you read the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John, you realize John is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the light. Jesus is this light of the world that's come into the world. And so we see that he establishes that Jesus is the light. Jesus Himself also says in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says that it records Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows Me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus Himself says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And so we have this understanding from the Gospels of Jesus being the light. But when you add that into our understanding of Jesus as God Himself come down in human form, then it's not too much of a stretch to then say that God is light. And as John learned from Jesus Himself that Jesus is light and that God is Jesus and they are the one and the same, then John puts that together and he says, God is light. God is light. And so that's the message that we have, is that God is light. But what does it mean that God is light? What does that, when we stop and think about, what does that actually mean? And there's, a, there's some suggestions as to what that means. It could mean that He is knowledge. That God is knowledge. He could mean that God is purity and probably means at least both of those things when we say that God is light. So the first thing, we say that God is light. Or God is knowledge. He knows all things. And we equate light and darkness and knowledge and ignorance, if you will, uh, as, as kind of the same thing. Because if you, if you ask me a question... And, uh, you know, well, well, what's happening? And you, the answer might be, well, I'm in the dark about that. 
because I don't know. And so we equate that lack of knowledge with being in the dark. Right? We use that. That's, that's our common way of speaking. I'm in the dark about that issue, so I don't know something about it. Whereas when he says that God is light, it means that God knows everything. If God is light, there is no darkness in Him, then God can never be one who says, I don't know, because I'm in the dark. God can't say that because we say God is light. There's no darkness in Him. And we see that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 11 to 12, or verses 12 to 13. The writer of Hebrews gives us a, that kind of insight. He says, For the Word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So we read in this passage that nothing is hidden from God's sight. We can't hide anything from God. We can't hide our thoughts or emotions, our attitudes that we might have. Everything is open to Him. Everything, he says, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. That can make us a little uncomfortable uh, when we stop and think about God knowing every thought, every attitude of our hearts. But that's the reality, that God is knowledge. God is light. He knows everything. There's no sense in hiding anything from God or trying to hide anything from God because it won't work. Because God knows all things. So when we come to God, when we come to God, when we spend time with Him, we don't need to be afraid of sharing our heart with Him because God already knows. And we can take comfort from that. But that's one aspect of God being light. The other aspect is that God is purity. He is pure. He is holy. There is no evil or wrongdoing in God at all. Just the way John says, there is no darkness in Him. There's no, there's no sin. There's no error. There's nothing like that in God. Not in his, God's actions or His motives or God's thoughts. There's never any evil in it. And we might struggle to understand that because we struggle in our own lives with that idea of that kind of purity. Because we simply don't have it. When we stop and look at ourselves, we simply don't have that kind of purity in our own lives. And so we kind of project ourselves onto God and we say, well, I'm like this, so I think maybe God is like that as well. And we, we make a, a bit of an error there when we think that. When we project ourselves onto who God is and we say, well, God's like me. And so God must not be perfect. Because we know our own hearts. And we know even when we do something good, there's often some kind of mixed motives in there. That maybe, you know, we're doing something and we're doing something good and we've got um, maybe 95% pure motives. Or 99%. But there's almost always some part of us that is doing something for mixed motives. That's just the reality of life. And then we say, well, God must be the same. 
And so we struggle to understand that idea that God is holy and pure and He does, uh, there is no uh, evil in His actions, in His motives, or in His thoughts. And so we, uh, we need to learn that. To come to an understanding of what that's like. Because it is hard for us to understand it because of our own nature. But there it is. That, that's the message that, uh, that John has. God is light. And what do we do with that message? We share that with others. As John is sharing it with us, then it's our responsibility then to set it out to others. So we, that's verse 5. But when we come to uh, verses 6, back to 1 John, verses uh, 6-7, to seven, we see that John has set out who God is. Set out very simply, God is life. Now he turns and he says, what about us? What do we do with us? If God is with us and He's here with us, He's walking with us and God is light, what are we going to do about it? How do we respond to that? And the first thing he says is if we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness. So one of the responses we can have to God being light is we actually end up walking in the darkness. We, we claim we're walking with God, but in reality, that's not true. We're walking in the darkness. And so John is, is really looking at his audience. He's looking at his readers here. And these are people he knows. He refers to them, as I said, he refers to them as dear children and dear friends. So these are people he knows and he feels close to. And then he goes on and says, but if you say you walk with God, and have fellowship with Him, yet you're walking in darkness, he turns and he uses some pretty blunt and straight language. And he says, we lie. We simply are not telling the truth. This must have been hard for the readers to hear. They presumably knew John. And now he's saying, look guys, you're saying you're walking with God, but I know how you're living. And you're not really. You're walking in the darkness. You're lying. Those are pretty hard words for anybody to hear, let alone those who would have known John uh, in the flesh. And so, John uses strong languages here to get their attention and to point out something that they need to be careful of and they need to change. So he says they lie. They're not living in the truth. This is not the way that we should be living today either. By saying that we're walking in fellowship with God, but in reality we're walking in the darkness. We're not walking in the light. We might say that we're going to do something, but then we don't actually do it. We might say, well, I'll give you a call on Tuesday to talk about that. But then you don't. And then the other person thinks, well, you know, maybe they forgot. But then if you do it again, and then you do it again, you start to establish an idea that you're not trustworthy there. And if you're claiming that you walk in the light and you're walking in truth and you're walking with God and yet people are seeing you do something else, that becomes a bit of a problem. And people will start to say, well, I'm not sure that person is really walking in the truth. They're not really doing what they say. And then if we take that a step further and we say, well, what about when I go and talk to them about God, I've already established a, a relationship that is not uh, built on trustworthiness. 
And so it becomes hard then to share that message. So if we choose to, to say that we are close to God, we claim that we have fellowship with Him, but we're really walking in the darkness, we need to think about that and consider if we need to make a change. Because it does happen to us. We do end up doing those sorts of things walking in the darkness, but claiming to have fellowship with God. And the point here is not to have us looking at one another, but to look at ourselves. As John is being quite harsh, he's not asking the, the people that are reading this letter to start looking at others around them and pointing out their faults, but he's asking them to look at themselves and say, is there something that we need to change in, our, in ourselves, not among others? And so the first thing he says, if we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And so we have a choice. Are we walking in the darkness? Are we claiming to have fellowship with God, but not really in the way we walk? Then the second thing he says in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So, are we walking in the darkness or are we walking in the light? When we walk in the light, we have fellowship with God and with others and we find that the blood of Jesus then uh, purifies us from all of our sins. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul writes and he uses similar language and he says, For at one time you were darkness. You were darkness. Not just walking in the darkness, but you are darkness. Then he says, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So he's, he's encouraging the same sort of thing, that same sort of choice to be walking as children of the light. To be doing what God wants us to do. As we walk with God, as we are in the light of the Lord, as we are the light of the Lord, we walk as children of the light. God will show us the way. We come together with God. And as God is the light and leads us, He leads us and He shows us the way. He shows us what, what He wants us to do day by day. He shows us the right things we are to be doing. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul also says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I like the way Paul puts it, puts it there. To keep in step with the Spirit. To be marching along in step with the Spirit. There's all sorts of imagery that goes along with that. Some of it may be a military uh, imagery where we're, you're walking together and, and the troops are on parade and they're walking together and they're in perfect step with one another. I was also thinking about this in and thinking about it, in it's, it's, it's winter here, but, but it's not really winter in Vancouver. You know, I, I, I've lived in places where you get a lot of, sometimes you get a lot of snow in the winter time. And uh, I lived for a while in the eastern townships of Quebec, and we had, all, we had one winter that was, the one winter I was there, it was particularly cold and snowy. It snowed every day for, it felt like months, but I think it was, it was a couple months anyway. We had a lot of snow. And sometimes when you'd go walking in the fresh snow and there's no other footprints, you didn't really know where you were walking. And you didn't know what you would find until you put your foot down. And sometimes you'd put your foot down 
and you'd find you end up going knee deep or thigh deep in the snow and you'd end up with one foot up high and the other one down at the bottom of the snowbank because you just couldn't see where you were going. And it's hard to walk that way. But when you've got, when you're following someone else and you see their footsteps in the snow, then you know where to put your feet. And you know where you're not going to sink. And you know that, that that's, a, that's a safe place to put your feet. And, I, and that's what I think of when I think of this verse of let us keep in step with the Spirit. He's gone before us and He's put His feet, if you will, on these places. And our job then is to follow behind Him and put our feet on those same places as we keep in step with Him. So the Spirit uh, guides us and leads us. As God is, is the light, the Spirit also leads us into the light and leads us in the light and keeps us in the light. The other thing that helps us along too is, is God's Word. In Psalm 119, 105, a, a very familiar passage to us all, I'm sure, where he says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is what guides us. We see here that God is light. And we think about it and we, and we come that the Spirit we keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit is guiding us. The Spirit is God Himself as well, leading us. And we have God's Word that serves as a light to our path and guiding us in the way we should go. And all these things come together that we can keep in step with the Spirit. We can be in the light. We can walk in the light. And So the light is there to show us the way to go. And you think about it, you, think, you can think about this too and as, a, as a flashlight in a dark room. And it guides us. It guides our steps. We turn it on and we can see where we're walking to avoid any, uh, any dangers. We can avoid any pitfalls that may be along the way. Anything that we don't want to step on and those sorts of things. It's, it's the light and the darkness that keeps us going and keeps us on track. And so we need to be looking to God in God's Spirit, in God's Word to help us to walk in the way that God wants us to go because that's a choice we have. When we know what God wants us to do, we have a choice. Are we going to obey it? Are we going to turn away and walk in the darkness? And We have that choice. We have that uh, ability to, to make that choice. So we see that John is asking us to make that choice. To, do we walk in the light or do we walk in the darkness? Jesus is that light. Jesus is God. There's no darkness in Him. And He brings that light to the world because He is the light and He has come to the world. And that's what we're thinking about as we come into Advent. As we go through Advent here, we're thinking and remembering about Jesus coming into the world leading up to Christmas. And then, what do we do with that light? But we shouldn't make it sound like it's just a choice that we make only once. That at one point in our life we say, I'm going to walk in the light. And then forevermore, that's all we ever do is just walk in the light. That's not the way it, it works. We decide from time to time. We decide as we walk through our life, 
Are we going to walk in the light or not? Every decision that we make, is it, is it going to be a decision from darkness or from light? Is it going to reflect Jesus, the light of the world, or is it going to reflect something else in our lives? What are we going to do with that? How are we going to respond? What choice are we going to make? And we face these choices all the time. After we finish the service here today, we go downstairs, we have a bit of fellowship time. What are we going to do? What are we going to say to people? We have a choice we're going to make. Are these going to be words that we speak to other people that come from the light or come from the darkness? Are these going to be words that build people up or tear people down? Are these going to be words that encourage or discourage people? We have those choices to make. Even in the next few minutes as we finish our service here and you start to, to talk with other people, where are those words that you speak going to come from? Where are the actions that we live out through the rest of this week as we go into our work and into our homes and into our schools and interact with our friends and interact with our families? What are we going to bring to that? Are we going to bring that darkness or can we bring a bit of light through us into that world. But you know, the reality is we don't always make the right choice. So sometimes we, we make a mistake. We say the wrong thing. We do the wrong thing. And we're left feeling like we're in the darkness. But we have that uh, ability to make that choice to step back into the light. To experience the light of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that purifies us from all sin. And this is not just a one-time event, but we go back to Jesus. We confess our sins and we seek forgiveness. In 1 John chapter 1, John, just a few verses later on, he, he says this to us. He says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So again, John is being fairly blunt here with his readers. And he says, if we claim to be without sin, and it seems he must have had people who in his day were saying, no, I don't have any sin. I'm completely pure and holy. And John says, quite simply, we're deceiving ourselves. You're not being honest. When you say that, you're not being honest with yourselves. And And you're not telling the truth. The truth isn't in you. Again, these are hard words to hear. But then he gives that word word of hope. He says, if we confess our sins. So, in a way, we don't have to be burdened with guilt and concern. We don't have to deceive ourselves into thinking that we're perfect. Instead, we just come to Jesus and we confess our sins. Because He is faithful and just. He is the one who is perfect. He is the one who is light. And He will forgive our sins. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. And so it's a wonderful message of hope there that even in our sinful state, we can experience that forgiveness from from Jesus, from the light of the world. And so we have that opportunity to move into the light simply by going to Jesus and confessing our sins. So He's calling us to stand before God and confess our sins. And and then we can walk in the light. 
as Jesus is in the light, as He is the light. And then it brings us all kinds of things that we can enjoy. He says we, we can walk in the light. We have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with God. And then we are free from the burden of our sins and the punishment that they deserve. And so this is the message of hope as we come to Christmas. This message of Jesus coming and being the penalty for our sins. Taking the penalty for our sins. He is the light of the world that has come into the world. And we can choose to walk in that light. When we choose to walk in the light, we're choosing the right path. We make that choice to respond to Jesus' coming into the world by choosing to walk with Him. And so this Christmas, let's make the right choice. Let's try and do that every day in every interaction that we have. Let the light of Christ shine through us. Keep in step with the Spirit so that the light of Christ shines through us and others see it. And others are drawn to that light. That's what, uh, that's what Jesus wants for us. That for us to be walking in the light and that light of Him of Him being in our lives, shining through to others. And so as we come we today, we choose the light. As we look forward to Jesus, uh, Jesus' birth on Christmas, we can be that light of the world that Jesus was when He came into the world. And now it's reflected to us. So we have a choice to make. Do we choose Jesus? Or do we choose and the light? Or do we choose the darkness? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word that teaches us, that guides us and shows us. And we thank You for John who uh, challenges us to walk in the light. And Lord, as we walk in the light, Lord, help that light to shine out and be, sh- be clear to others that they can see You, Jesus, the light of the world in us and through us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.